Well, 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 welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Into It. It's me, it's Brie, and I'm so excited to be recording the second part of this series that I was involuntarily starting. <laughs> like, I didn't think this was going to be a two-part thing, but then I realized I feel like it's best to break it up into two sections. So if you haven't listened to the first part of my journey from being a corporate dropout to starting a blog to starting a business, I would recommend you go and do that now. It's just going to be whatever episode is before this one. Um, And yeah, today I want to talk about how I started my blog and then how I eventually turned it into um, my full-time job, my, my business. I, I'm, how do I explain this? I, my dog is like doing something with some blankets right now. He's trying to get comfortable and it's, <laughs> you guys can't hear it. Um, I, I'm really starting to steer away from like trying to break things down into here are three simple steps to start your business. Here's the blueprint of success. Like those types of of content. I do think it's very easy. I think humans enjoy like seven steps to or three things to do, like those types of articles and blog posts and I will continue to to do that, but I I will always come back to the systems that you put in place only work if they work for you. I'm going to say that again. The systems that you put in place in your life, in your business, they only work if they work for you. (laughs) Um, So I know that humans, I think, are kind of naturally voyeuristic where we like to see what other people are doing, what they're eating, what their workouts are, because we see maybe the desired result in someone else. But I really don't think that there is one specific way or even multiple ways to do things in life. It has to just make sense for you. So when I share my story here, I'm not trying to break it down for you guys and expect anyone to take the same steps that I took to get to where I'm at. Maybe our stories might sound similar or they may look similar, um, but ultimately you have to do that, not to be cliche, that deep inner work to understand what it is that you need to do. I think my intention with sharing this is, again, just to share my story and hopefully you guys can pull something from it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I'm just going to start off with the blog part. So I had always wanted to start a blog. Like I said in my last episode, there were a couple of ideas that I had. And then when I left my last corporate job, I needed to do something creative. So I, I started a blog on, I think it was WordPress. And it was like the free version and it just was not like it didn't. I had this vision in my head of what I wanted my website to look like, what I wanted my blog to look like. And with free platforms, you can only go so far (laughs) with the 
with the limited tools that they give you, right? So I was just really unhappy with how it looked. It was super janky. I don't even know if I can still find it. I should have taken screenshots of it now that I'm thinking about it. So I had finally filed my tax returns for that year and I got my refund. And mind you, I was not working. I had a very small savings account <laughs> at that point and I got this refund and I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this? Because this is a pretty pivotal moment, right? Um, and I decided to spend a huge portion of that tax refund on my blog. And I decided to buy my domain and I bought like a customizable theme that I still had to learn HTML. So that weekend, I could not afford, I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, like I'm gonna have to get kind of resourceful. So I actually went to the library and checked out books on HTML because I didn't know and I needed to teach myself. So I used that and Google and YouTube to basically help build my website in a weekend. And I always kind of like jokingly talk about this where I I say I built my blog and my website while eating Thai food and listening to Spice Girls <laughs> on my bedroom floor. And that is 100% true. And I still like, I love that that is how my business and blog was created, like that energy behind it. Um, but at that point, I really started to look at my bank account just very quickly draining. And <laughs> it's it's not funny to look at because money is a real thing. It's a real stressor. But at that point, I had to actually cancel my internet and cable bill because I couldn't afford it. And I don't know about you, but you can't run an online business without internet. So I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And I don't know what possessed me to do this. Like, I wish that I could, like, make this make sense. Because I feel like anyone in that situation would be like, well, I'll just go and get another job. I'll work a part-time job. I'll go back to working full-time. Because that makes sense. What I did does not make sense. What I did was I would, some days I would drive, other days I would walk to the library and use the library's internet for like six or seven hours to run my blog. I would come home at night and I would do everything like I would write all my blog posts and everything on my phone and then I would get to the library the next day and I would like post those blog posts you know start doing all anything I needed internet for like I did at the library I would bring my lunch I would bring snacks I'd bring water I was there for like six or seven hours every day for like six days a week until I could afford to get my internet back and again, it doesn't make any logical sense why I did that. But I think I was just so determined at that point that I wanted this to work so badly that I was willing to make sacrifices in any way that I can. And of course, like 
now I have internet. Now I can afford internet. It's not a problem. Um, Obviously, I'm like uploading this podcast using my own internet. So I think I also had that in my mind of like, this is just a temporary situation and I'll eventually get out of this. I will say if I had kids, if I was married, if I had different circumstances, if I had taken out those student loans, for sure, this would not have been an ideal plan for me, right? So I say that with preference that, of course, like if I had a child depending on me, if I was part of a dual income, I probably wouldn't have made a lot of the sacrifices that I did make. So I think that that comes into play when people like tell these extreme stories. It's like, okay, but everyone's circumstances are different. Um, So as I continued to blog, I started getting in a lot of Facebook groups. And this was probably 2017, 2018, when Facebook groups were like really popping off. And I just happened to meet this like business coach and I started telling her about my blog. And at that point, I had accumulated like I want to say over 80,000 views on my blog in about three or four months. And she was like, all right, what the hell are you doing? Like, you need to actually turn this into a business. You can't just keep blogging and getting all of these visitors to your website. Like, they're clearly, some of those visitors were repeats, right? So they they were people who were coming back. So that's when I really decided to start looking at my blog like a business and how I could monetize monetize it. So very quickly from that point forward, I started creating courses. And at that time, I was blogging about, like I was saying in my last episode, like anxiety, mindfulness, meditation, stress, self-care, all of those things. And of course, I'm not a doctor or medical professional. So creating courses about anxiety was out but I could definitely speak to stress and mindfulness. And so I created my first course rather quickly, I want to say in about two weeks. And I spent so much time building this course. And you have to remember, like when you're building curriculum or you're building a course, I was still blogging. I was still... um you know, promoting my stuff on Pinterest. I was still sending out email letters. So I did all of that. And then I had to go and build this course and create the curriculum for it. So it took a lot of time and I was really attached to the expectation that this was going to be my ticket. Like this was it. Like I was like, I'm going to sell a hundred seats in this course. Like this is, this is it. Like this is my moment. Like (laughs) I've been struggling for so long, right? So launch day comes, I've done everything when it comes, again, all of these systems and like things that people tell you you need to do. I done everything, the emails, the Instagram, the reaching out to people. I was doing like free phone calls, like free sessions um, as well. So I set the, you know, course to open and I send out the email goes out and I'm like, all right, this is it. Like within five minutes, I'm going to get a sale. Like someone's going to buy. So five minutes goes by (laughs) and then 10 minutes goes by and it's crickets. 
And then I'm like, all right, I can't just sit here and like wait because the anticipation was killing me. So then I get up and I'm like, I'm going to take a walk. And when I come back, something will be some something. Someone will have bought something, right? I come back for my walk. <laughs> Nothing. And I'm like, all right. There's, I had this whole email sequence planned. So I knew that there was going to be, you know, emails promoting the course, like coming out, like going out throughout the day and like basically the entire week. So I go, you know, I'm an anxious mess. <laughs> like, let's just put it that way. I'm sweating. Um, I'm like pacing back and forth. I'm irritable. And, you know, the day goes by. So I wake up the next day. Nothing. The second email's already gone out. Nothing. Two days goes by. Nothing. People are reading the emails. People are clicking the links. People are viewing the course and absolutely nothing. So at this point, I'm like, I did something wrong. Like the price is too high. Something's going on. So what I ended up doing was I took the course that I had created and I broke it down into even smaller courses at a lower price point. Nothing. No one bought it. And I'm like, who are these people then that are making hundreds and thousands of dollars every month selling these courses and I can't even sell one? Like, what is it about me? Like, I started taking it very, very personally that there was something I was doing intrinsically wrong that was making my course unsellable. So I'm like, this is crazy. So again, I go back to the drawing board. I'm looking at the content I already have and I'm breaking it down. I'm rearranging things, restructuring it. And a month later, I relaunch it again. And this time one person bought something. I think it was like I had broken it down. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I want to say it was like $30. And I was like, oh my God, I made my first sale. And then 20 minutes later, someone else bought something. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is this is this is making sense now. And I don't even think I broke a hundred dollars with that launch and the relaunch. So my first course like didn't sell anything it took I had to go back to the drawing board and rearrange things multiple times before I could even get one person to buy something and it's honestly I wish I could make this super glamorous and be like and the next time I did it I made five thousand dollars and the next time I did it I made ten thousand dollars it's honestly been a roller coaster of taking what I have, if it doesn't work, readjusting it, taking what I have, readjusting it, and just continuing that process. Um, at that point, then I started taking on one-on-one -on -one clients and really shifting even away from mindfulness and meditation and more into business. Because I feel like, for me personally, I really jive with just business content in general. And so then to be able to teach someone how I built my audience using Pinterest was just as rewarding as creating like mindfulness and stress-based content. I know people are like, usually it's the other way around. I'm like, it does, again, everyone is on their own journey and what makes sense for one person isn't going to make sense for another person. And I still enjoy writing about mindfulness and meditation and stress and all of those things. Um, but where I really learned to grow my business was 
through helping other people with their own businesses. So that's a very Cliff Notes version of it because I don't want to like sit here and talk about myself for 30 minutes and also break down every single little thing that I've done because I don't think there is one major thing or one major shift that I've had that like made it all make sense and made my business successful. It has been a compounded in like it's taken it's like I think of it like compound interest at the bank, right? Like you put your money in the bank and then it grows 1%, 2%, 3%, like you know, it grows like that. That is truly how my business has been. It has been little tiny shifts and little tiny things that I've done that have made me successful in my business. And it's constantly about adapting and changing as my audience adapts and changes and as I adapt and change. I think a lot of times creators, they get caught in creating content that they want their, that they think their audience wants to hear or needs, not necessarily what they like to create. And I think there's a very fine line about yes, being entertaining and attractive. When I say attractive, I don't mean physical. Like, you know what I mean? Like something offer is attractive um, to your audience, but it's also about what you like to create and what makes sense for you. Because if the energy behind what you're creating isn't in alignment with your purpose, shit ain't gonna work. <laughs> like it's just there's gonna you're gonna see I almost think of it like tectonic plates. Like you're gonna see things slipping and sliding, but like it's just gonna be rocky. Like it's gonna be a little shaky. And your ideal customer or client is gonna pick up on that. So I think the second thing that I learned a lot was don't have expectations. There is a man that I love. His name is Peter Crone. And he said this in a podcast that I listened to that he was on where he said, be fully committed, but completely unattached. So how I take that, how I interpret that in my paradigm is like, I enjoy working hard for the things that I love to create, but I'm also completely unattached to the outcome that they might produce. And I think with that first course, there was all of this energy of like, this has to work. This has to make me money. This has to be my ticket out. Like, of course it wasn't going to (laughs) work, you know? So I always come back to that whenever I'm starting something new that I have no expectations for how my work, whether that's a blog post, a course, a podcast, um, anything that I put out, like I have no expectations of how that piece of content is going to be perceived by other people. My only expectation is that I put everything that I have into creating that in the best way possible, that the energy behind what I'm creating is to be of service, to make sure that I'm helping other people um, in the same way that I needed help when I was first starting and continue to need help as my business expands. So I really think letting go of the expectation, and Elizabeth Gilbert talks a lot about this in 
in Big Magic, if you haven't read it or watch her TED talk about it, where like when she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, she was like, I had no idea that it was going to turn into like a New York Times bestseller, that it was going to sell millions and millions of copies, that we were going to, you know, that it was going to become a movie and Julia Roberts was going to star in it. She's like, I had no idea. Like that was, she didn't go in with the intention of creating something like that. So if you shift your perspective, and this was, you know, something that I had to learn very sequentially, like it didn't happen overnight. When you begin to shift your intention with the, with what you're putting out to the world into like, this has to go viral, this has to get this many likes, this has to, you know, do really, really well, and change the thought of like, who am I helping? What am I serving here? Like, is this something that people are actually going to need and use along their journey, whatever their journey might be, depending on the niche that you're in and the who you're targeting? Um, so yeah, I feel like that's kind of me on my soapbox <laughs> a little bit, but I hope that that shared a little bit more about my journey from blog to business because it was not an overnight thing. It was not easy. There wasn't anything dramatic. Like there wasn't a single pivotal moment um, where things just started to click. It has, again, it's been this compounded effort over the last four years that has made this business what it is for me. And it's continuing to change. Even last year with the coronavirus, like my business pivoted a lot where I stopped doing courses and focused solely on one-on-one work. And I'm still in that place where I'm taking on more one-on-one clients, but I eventually want to go back to course creation because I really do. I love teaching. I think at the end of the day, like I just love teaching people. Um, (laughs) that sounds so silly. I love teaching people, but I feel like if you know me, you know what I mean by that. The one last thing I want to touch on, (laughs) sorry, this is super ad hoc. Um, the one thing I want to touch on is I had a lot of shame and embarrassment that I was doing something different. And I know people might be like, what the hell? That is crazy because like, it's so cool that they might, you know, I'm I'm not saying this sanctimoniously, but people might look at other people's lives and be like, what they do is so cool. And it's like, you don't know how things are underneath. And I think for me, I had a lot of shame and embarrassment that I was doing something different than what everyone else I knew was doing. And especially leaving the corporate world, leaving a secure job, a stable job with benefits and a great like 401k and healthcare and all of that, right? And There was a ton of self-doubt. I wish that I could tell you, don't doubt yourself. You can do it. I still doubt myself. I still wake up some mornings and I'm like, I don't freaking know what the hell I'm doing. I don't think I can do this. And this is what I've learned is you can doubt yourself at every single step of the way. But that doesn't mean you stop taking steps. You keep going even when you do doubt yourself and all of the naysayers in your head that you think Sally from your college algebra English class 
or Becky from high school physics is saying on Instagram, oh my gosh, who does she think she is? What is she doing? Literally, no one's thinking that, okay? What that is, is that is just your own ego or your own false self giving you a, like, mirror or a hologram, I would say, of, like, someone saying those things, but that's really just your own inner self-talking. So those naysayers in your head, they aren't real. Keep moving forward. Third thing, last thing I will say in this thing is I had a lot of people believe in me before I believed in myself. And I know we're taught the opposite. We're taught you need to believe in yourself before anyone believe in you will believe in you. No. There are times, again, when it comes to self-doubt, I still sometimes don't believe in myself. And I have a wonderful group of people who do believe in me. And it took me a while to find them. Because this was not some assist, like I did not have a support system going into this at all. In fact, I had no one. No one in my life was an entrepreneur. No one I knew was building an online business. No one I knew was blogging. Like I went into this shit blind, in the dark. Like no, like it was a sensory deprivation tank. (laughs) I did not know what I was doing, and I'm really grateful now that I have truly found people that I can text and be like, this is hard. I'm stressed out. I don't know what I'm doing. And them to be like, I got you. Like, you're good. Like, they hold a vision of myself for me that sometimes I have a hard time carrying. And that is completely okay. So if you decide to start your own business, if you decide to start blogging, whatever it is, or whatever, you want to be an engineer, you want to be a doctor, like this is all, (laughs) I feel like blanket relative um, suggestion here is find people who believe in you because you need that. You absolutely, absolutely need that. So I'm going to end it here. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you guys had some takeaways from this. Hopefully I I was not, I'm going to go back and listen to this and probably be like, wow. (laughs) Okay. We need to, we need to hone it back in here. Um, but I have some really cool guests coming on in the next couple of weeks. I'm so excited for that. More solo episodes. If you guys like these solo episodes, please let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram at livingbreely. Um, I'm on a bit of a social media break, but um, I will get back to those messages next week. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please leave a little um, star rating, leave a little review in the comment section on whatever platform you're listening on because it helps the podcast so much. And I will see you next week for a brand new episode. All right, be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Bye.